Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly talk show for parents of challenging children. With your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela will interview an individual or professional within the mental health community. Different from the Other Kids, Season 2, Production of Marketing Maven Agency. Hello, hello, welcome to Different from the Other Kids. I am Angela, your podcast host. Thank you so much for joining us. Wanted to introduce you to somebody very spectacular today. She is a wonderful public speaker and such an amazing person to be able to interview because she was such an easy interview and everything just rolls with her so easily off the tip of her tongue. She expresses herself so well. You're really going to enjoy this one. Uh, Her name is Grace Cohen. Her daughter, Julianne, has autism spectrum disorder and Grace has a wonderful outlook on her daughter's autism spectrum disorder. Let me tell you a little about autism to start us off. Autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder characterized by impaired social interaction, verbal and non-communication, and restricted and repetitive behavior. Parents usually notice signs in the first two years of their child's life. These signs often develop gradually, though some children with autism reach their developmental milestones at a normal pace and then regress. The diagnostic criteria require that symptoms become apparent in early childhood, typically before the age of three. Grace is gonna walk you through her story here. Please keep in mind that she has a book that will come out this year called Children of Autumn, and it will walk you through her story in great detail. Grace is a wonderful human who has taken what could have been a very sad and depressing situation and basically turned it into this unbelievable life-affirming movement. She wants you to know as parents that having a child with autism means that you've won the lottery for one of the greatest experiences of your life which is an unbelievable thing to say when you hear Grace's story and uh, the challenges that she has faced, that her family has faced uh, in going through this with her daughter. She really wants to share her wisdom. She wants to share her resources. And she is really on a rampage here to make sure that she gets out to as many parents as she possibly can with this message. Uh, She also has a YouTube channel. I just watched a couple of her YouTube videos. And because she's such a great speaker and such a great presenter, I think that you'll get a lot out of her few YouTube videos that are there as well. So please, without further ado, welcome my buddy and my great friend, Grace Cohen. She is giving us her perspective of parenting such a special child. We left off when Grace was talking about how much nutrition changed her daughter's behavior. So I'm very anxious to get launched back into this conversation. Grace, thanks so much for coming again, and let's get at it. My pleasure. In this case, and nowadays, you know, I'm sure you're well well aware, Angie, there's lots of different diets that you mm-hmm. could try. But the one that we did was the, the carbohydrate diet. It was created by this woman who lived in Coburg. She, her, she was a medical doctor. Her life's work was was to create, a, to figure out how to help people through diet. Her name was Elaine Gottschall, and that's, uh, if you look that up, you could find the book. How do I and, spell her last name, Grace? Sorry. Oh, sweetie, I have to get that for no, you. Okay, no, okay, no problem. 
Well, say it again for me, Elaine Gottschall? Gottschall, yeah. yeah okay. It's like G-O-T-T-S-C-H-A-L-L, something like that. Okay. When she first started her work, it was really for Crohn's disease, Um, and she did, and celiac, and with this diet, she did have a lot of success, and then later, as autism started to build its momentum, she noticed that this could also be beneficial for, for these people as well. So we put her on this diet, and what it looked like was this, no sugar whatsoever, she was allowed, uh, and is allowed, she's still pretty much on the diet, unpasteurized honey, very, no dairy in her case, some children can handle dairy, but Julianne couldn't, we didn't experiment with that, no carbs, like none, I believe so that. no potatoes, no rice, no yeah. carbs. That's okay? hard to feed a kid. Well, you know, when we first started, I was a bit, as we all, that you know, we're going back again, typical diet was what, mm-hmm. pizza, craft dinner, pasta, yeah. macaroni and cheese, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like starchy, starchy potatoes, rice, a lot of filler kind of food, right? Sandwiches, Mm -hmm. that kind of, yeah, a lot of that. And so it was like, oh, what do we, and desserts, of course, children love to eat sweets and ice cream and all these things. So it was a bit of a challenge, but Jonathan was right there holding my hand. And literally, he when he would come out, he would come out for about a week because he was coming from Toronto all the way to Jasper. So it was worth his while to come for a number of days. So he was actually there helping me with the recipes, learning how to make my own spaghetti sauce, using spaghetti squash, for example, instead of noodles. And you know what? Jules took to it. She really did. And that's one lucky thing I've had with Julianne is she's been a great eater all her life. So she's, I know some children struggle with that, but there again, Jonathan can help people with that. But Julianne, she 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 went to the diet quite quite easily. And I have to give her kudos because she would always come with us. My son was a really good soccer player, so I would be traipsing the kids around and we'd go to Dairy Queen and she'd have a banana. And the mm-hmm. other kids would have a Sunday and, you know, da-da-da. She'd be cool. She'd be cool with it. Good for her. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So that, that's another element that Jonathan brought to the table, which really, really helped. And then a huge piece that he brought was attitudinal training, and that was what he brought to me, really. Because for every parent out there, you know, including yourself, this is a tough, challenging gig that we really weren't prepared for. Um, I never would have dreamed in a billion years that this was what I would be looking at as far as being a mother. And in Julianne's case, where I wasn't so fortunate, but uh, in the book I'm writing, for example, it was very necessary, I think, for my life. She was a feces smearer. So it started off, she was about five, and the first time I caught her basically going into her pants, pulling it out and eating it. And I was like, whoa, what is that, Mm -hmm. right? And then um, about around seven is when the major smearing really started it was it was just an incredible experience and i write about it in the book and the opening chapter is called it happens and then it happens and so i say this because i could have killed myself i could have killed her i could have thrown her in a mental institute i could have given her up for adoption i could have become an alcoholic i could have become a drug addict 
there was a lot of options that I had. Absolutely, Grace. But I chose to actually work on my own quote-unquote shit. Mm-hmm. And so it really became a metaphor and through this whole journey. Anytime she smeared shit, it would certainly push my buttons. Mm-hmm. And I learned a process actually originally through the Options Institute and then later Jonathan would sometimes do it with me. But I did many of these things and they're called dialogues. And they're similar to tapping, if you're familiar with tapping. I have just been recently introduced to tapping, and I don't know a lot about it. It's something that's on my itinerary, if you will, for holistic therapies. I believe that there's a lot that has been written about tapping and its great benefit, but I don't know a ton about it. Can you introduce us to it a little bit? I'm going to introduce you to the two ideas because ultimately what you're doing, so whether you're dialoguing and you could learn how to do that through the Options Institute or just going on Amazon, there's a book called Power Dialogues and you could teach yourself how to do it. It's a very simple method or tapping. Ultimately, what happens is you are getting to the beliefs that are are running you, basically. So I like to akin us to a computer. We're all wake up in the morning. The subconscious of us is like the operating system that just turns on. There's all these different beliefs that get checked off. Do I still believe this? Yes. Do I still believe this? Yes. Do I still believe this? Yes, yes, yes. And many of those beliefs, and I say many because I had a lot of feces smearing experiences, so I got to examine a lot of this stuff, do not serve us. They were given to us by social media or our parents or religion. There, a lot of them are fear-based. A lot of them are, oh, if you, if you even try and change that belief, you will be abandoned. You will be unloved. And so you really, it was like shining, you're shining a headlamp, so to speak, on the belief. You find the belief and tapping does it a certain way. And I'm not going to go into detail about that. Dialoguing does it a certain way. I'm sure there's even other modalities out there uh, and that get to this stuff. But that is the gold, is when you can find the belief and then you really get to look at it in the light, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, now here's this belief. Do I really, how do I feel about this belief? Well, this belief sucks. I don't want to hold on to this belief. Okay, well, let's change the belief. But then you have to be very honest with yourself. You will sometimes feel this anxiety about changing the belief. Well, why? Well, I feel fearful about changing the belief. Why? Why do you feel fearful about changing the belief? Well, because if I change this belief, my mom and dad aren't going to love me anymore. Really? Do you really believe that? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. Maybe they won't not love me anymore, but they certainly aren't going to be happy with me. That's for sure, if I change this belief. Okay, well, how do you feel about that? Well, and then you would sometimes go off down another rabbit hole, so to speak, onto another series of questions or tapping where you would figure out what this is now connected to. Until, and this was always for me, because you have to understand I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I would do it for myself, which was quite funny. Because I'd be, I'd write, I'd write, right? My daughter would have smeared shit all over my house. And wow. I'd be just fuming. And I'd put her in, in, her, in her room and basically ask the angels to take care of her. And then I'd be doing this dialogue with myself. So I'd be screaming how mad I was. And then this other little voice in myself would go, why are you so angry? Because she just smeared shit all over my house. What is your problem? 
And why does that make you angry? Because it's supposed to make me angry. That's what I've been taught. It's terrible. Do you believe that? Well, it is pretty stinky. I don't really like it, but I guess... It, and so it are there worse down. things? That, are there worse things that could happen? I guess is. I you know what? And basically, it got to a place where I learned to just see shit as mud. And yeah. when I was a child, I used to smear mud all over myself. I was one of those kids that you see on the beach that had mud all over all over her. I loved it. I'd roll around in it, and then I'd, well, I'd run into a Sega beach, and you know, get it all off and do it again. And so I finally made this connection through the Options Institute, through dialoguing, through working with Jonathan Alderson, that I am the one that is responding to the shit. I get to choose how I respond to it. I can go crazy, and I can get mad, I can get sad, I can feel sorry for myself, I can blame God for all this mess. There's a ton of different ways that I can react to this, or... I can just respond to it as it's neutral. It's just shit. Mm-hmm. It's all the judgment that we put on. Now, this was obviously shit pushes people's buttons, right? And I have become so sensitive to shit. My nose is like I can smell shit anywhere. Like <laughs> I can get a job as a shit detector. Oh, it's in the corner. It's in the corner. There's a tiny little piece. Because in my house, I would smell like this teeniest, you know, be like like almost the size of like a hair. But I'm telling you, when that stuff like, oh. like cakes itself together, it's like, whoa, it's still in here. And I'd find it. I would. I'd find it. You so must, there's it must skills this, that come out of it. For sure. Um, this must know. have been a gigantic and huge turning point for you from feeling victimized until feeling what you're saying is now neutral. And that's probably... Was it a great start? I'm, I don't know. I'm asking, was it a start to you feeling empowered? Absolutely. Of course. I mean, this is a thing because it became a metaphor for everything. Wow. I can respond to, I can respond to anything. A guy giving me the finger, I have a choice. I can respond to that any way I want. I can give him the finger back or I can go, well, there's a pain person or, and you know what? And there's no right or wrong here. I'm not a saint. I'm not. So believe me, there were times when I still played the role of victim, but where I got selfish and, and this was where the real empowerment came was it sucks to be angry all the time. I hated it. It was draining. It was exhausting. I, I didn't even recognize myself sometimes. I was like, this is not me this is not how i want to live my life and this is my daughter and i love her i do i i absolutely love her and i'm not going to put her in an institute and i'm not going to kill her or myself i'm going to make my home as peaceful as possible what is that what do i have to do mm-hmm. to do that i have to respond differently i have to respond differently and you know i'm sure people have heard this before but sometimes we need to hear it again in the word responsibility is that how able are you to respond what is your response to things you are the author of your life and you get you get a choice you are always free to choose how you want to respond now i'm saying to parents out there sometimes you're going to respond with anger Don't then beat yourself up because now you're not responding appropriately. This is a process. You will get there because 
These are this is what these kids do. They keep pushing you. They keep pushing you. They keep pushing you until you actually get it. Because they love you so much, and they want you to ultimately be free. Because that is what happens. Because then now you are much more freer. Uh, you're not just this machine, this robot that was conditioned from a young age that this is how you respond to this situation. This is how you respond to this situation. This is how you respond to this situation. No, you get to choose. You get to choose, which is really, like you said, empowering. And yes, it, it gives you way more energy. I have way more bliss in my life, and it's it's awesome. So, Thank you for saying that so much because I know – for me, I went through certainly times when I was a deplorable human in dealing with my daughter when she was very frustrating and she'd be freaking out and I'd be trying to talk her down. And this would go on, you know, maybe that was on my 10th or 15th or 30th day of, of dealing with a meltdown and trying to talk her through and she was hysterical and she wasn't listening and she was, you know, just really got to the point where you hit that victimization stage where I'm screaming at her, you're ruining my life. And yeah. I, I ended up being a deplorable human at different times. I said terrible things to her in the height of anger when I couldn't get hurt. You know, we would be on, on a little vacation and she would be melting down and I wouldn't be able to go to dinner because she would be in the hotel room having an absolute freak out for what I would consider to be absolutely no reason and I remember saying I was going to hit her I was I, you know what I'm going to pound you like I was just like out of my mind and thank you very much for acknowledging that because it's really important I think that we all know we're all human we can only be pushed so far but there are different ways of dealing with it and I thank you so much for giving us a, a different option I I used a lot of red wine I think for a period of time, certainly, <laughs> certainly fitness, but I didn't, and I certainly had therapy all the way through as well. Uh, very fortunate to be able to do that, but to have an outlet like that and to have a solution like that, I think is it's invaluable information. And it's also invaluable, I think, to bear witness to what other people are experiencing. And I really appreciate that you have been so honest and so open with talking to people because it's, it's everything when you're on the other side and you're stuck and you're wondering, how the hell do I wake up and do this again tomorrow to give some people some skills and, and a little bit of empathy, a little bit of understanding, and a little bit of sharing. It's, it's everything. So sorry to break us up like that. But um, no problem. I, no I, just, problem. I, just wanted to, I just want to acknowledge and say thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, so the, there's a big transformation at that point. Now, how, at what point do you think the biggest transformation happened? Like around what, what age would Julianne have been? For her or me? For you. <laughs> for you, actually. I'm talking about you specifically now. Yeah, yeah, for me. I would say about nine, okay. really, is when it started. I started to realize, as much as I was going out there and seeking every alternative way of helping her, so I became a Reiki practitioner, and I did this other modality called EMF balancing, and you know, just anything, The Course in Miracles, which I also would actually wow. recommend as well. Wow, just, got, just started on The Course of Miracles, not actually The Course of Miracles itself, but Marianne Williamson is a great teacher of The Course of Miracles. Yeah. And she has a book called Return to Love, I believe. Oh, that's one of her first ones, yeah. yeah. And that's a great book, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. sorry, go ahead. I'm just acknowledging no that, yeah, that's that, recently that coming cool. to my life as well. 
Oh, it's a great tool, Angie, and I recommend it too when I give my talks, is The Course of Miracles. I, I absolutely, it's a brilliant piece of writing. I recommend it to parents to do it. It will, again, change your life. It, it's a tool. It's an amazing tool. So I was working with that. So anything that came into my path, and for some reason a lot of alternative things did, I, I grabbed onto them with the idea that I was going to be helping Julianne. About halfway through that, there was four years that I really was on sabbatical. I didn't, quote, unquote, have a job that paid money. My whole work was with Julianne. About halfway through, I was taking a course in uh, the States, and it dawned on me that as much as I was helping her, she was helping me because I was being exposed to all this stuff, and I was being asked of myself to do the work to do the work and I tell people this all the time you know you got to do it and at that time um, Jim Carrey had a movie out called Bruce Almighty I don't know if you remember it yes I do but it's where he had he took on the role of being God and it was such a great movie for me at that time because there was so much cleanup you remember they were always cleaning they were always cleaning stuff and one of the lines that God said this was before Jim Carrey became God was you know, you can always clean it up. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And I learned that from cleaning up the feces snaring, right? Because mm -hmm. it would take four hours to, to clean up. And then it wasn't just that. Jules would get into anything. She'd get into vitamins. I remember one time she smeared vitamin A all over my car. So oh, <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, anyways, <laughs> like, so, just so many, she'd dump, like I would have to be up at the crack of dawn before her or she'd get into the paints or she'd get into the flower or whatever. And so cleaning up was, was one of those things where you learn. And this is one of the things that I learned a lot from Julianne was to be present and to be present. So one of the things I talk a lot about in my presentations is that working with my daughter made me present because if I wasn't present with her, she was gone. She wasn't interested. And she could tell. If you were thinking about something else, she she knew it. And yeah. everybody that's worked with her has a story, at least one, of where they were tuning out. And then she would say something to them so poignant, they would almost jump out of their skin. It was like she knew their life story. And it was something that was really they were working through or working on. And they they would look at her like, who are you? How do you know this? And wow, you just brought me back to the present because I was off drifting over here with some other thought, right? Being present was, was absolutely a, a big teaching. And I just wrote, I have a blog on my, on my website there. It's called Where in the World is Julianne Now is the blog. And second blog I wrote about was this, this visit that we had to Chartres Cathedral. It's a beautiful cathedral. I would recommend people go there. It's a magnificent place. Julianne loved the place, and I write about there's a there's a labyrinth inside the cathedral that is said to have been built by Jesus, the design. And when you walk this labyrinth, it actually helps your your mind to heal. And so I walked that labyrinth with Julianne and I. And if you go on my website, you'll see there's like a million orbs that show up in this photo that my girlfriend that was with us took of us in there. So there's definitely some magic going on in that place. 
And But in my writing, what came out was the idea that we see ourselves as these solid beings, like we're defined, like the, like the labyrinth is defined. You can see it. There's a path that goes in and out, and you're in a certain pedal at a certain time. It's defined like our bodies are. But outside of that were these orbs that, you know, there's all kinds of discussion about what are these things. And many people now say they're they're beings. They're beings, but they're not defined anymore. And as I was writing this, and you're a writer, so you know, it was like the news was writing it. I was I was almost just the the hands that was letting it come through because I really didn't know where it was going to go. I was like, where is this going? I mean, all I have is this knowledge that we were in this church and there was brick and mortar and very concrete things. Basically, where it took me, which was really awesome to write was that we are eternal beings, like the orb. And because we are eternal beings, we can be patient. Because a lot of our anxiety comes from, oh, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to be there, I got to, you know, even your example of, of your daughter not letting you go out for dinner that night. These are ideas that we have, I have to go out for dinner, it's like part of who I am, it's part of my definition of myself. No, you don't. If you didn't go out for dinner that night, and maybe you didn't even make it that night, it life goes on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there'll be another time where you go out for dinner, as you did, probably the next night, right? Yeah. It, it was a big teaching in patience, of course, but patience, not, not to be a saint, not I'm going to be patient because I'm a saint, patient because of the reality that there's endless time. Like, yes, my definition changed. This, this also, you'll see, with the Course in Miracles, will come into it, and it comes in later. They don't give it to you right away that you're actually not a body. They don't want to freak you out. But <laughs> start with the pencil is not real, right? What I see does not mean anything, okay? But you get to the place, this place where I am the light of the world, and that is my only function here. Yes. And that means you can be the person cleaning up the shit by yourself and it's okay you don't have to do anything to be loved really ultimately by the eternal source of spirit so these are the kind of places that my daughter took me literally and then in my own soul and in my understanding and so I would say yeah about halfway through the journey with her the, the core, the four years, the four years, we're still on the journey. There's always yes, something that she surprises me with, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and I'm learning from her all the time. Uh, but I really feel like she's super happy that we're doing this, that we're, 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 we're having this conversation, because I truly believe, and this is part of what I write in my book, that these children came here. I don't know where they came from, but let's say another timeline or – who knows? They they say all time is now. I get a little bit esoteric here, but That's I do okay. really good. yeah. I do believe that these these beings got together and literally consciously said, you know what? The earth is in trouble. We need to do something. We need to come up with a plan to help these people out. What can we do? Okay, here's what we'll do. We'll go in as these beings. They'll call us autistic, and ultimately, what we'll do for those people. Hopefully, we'll pick the right people. But ultimately, we'll, we'll change them, and they'll become more loving genuinely, not because they're supposed to, but genuinely more loving, more patient, more really in a way selfish, because I have become in many ways more selfish in a good way, like taking care of myself 
you know, the boundaries, and I'm sure you had to go through this too, of I'm no good to anybody, especially my daughter, if I am not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's in all quadrants. That's physically, that's emotionally, that's mentally, right? So everything, like spiritually, I need to be full and nourished, and then I can, I, I've got lots to give. Right. Absolutely. And that's part of the learning, too, yep. is a process because we I'm, I'm sure you did. I'm, I know I did where I didn't I, I wasn't balanced there. And certainly I was overtired, exhausted, oh, yeah. nervous system was that totally out shot, of whack, shot, nervous shot. system, shot, adrenal shot. Totally. Right. Yeah. So then I started seeing a naturopath and going for acupuncture and starting to get massage and, 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 and these, this is what I'm saying. Selfish. You could call it selfish, but taking care of myself. So ultimately important, right? So that's another piece that these children to me teach us. And so when I think of the planet and I've met people from all over the world, Angie, who have children with autism And I know that they're doing the same thing I did in their own little home, have their own little playroom with their own little team and all those people that get affected. So it's not just now you and your Mm -hmm. partner Mm -hmm. and your children, your other children that say, it's all those other people that start coming into your household as well. I mean, I had like 40, 50 people that were now love Julianne, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. a daughter, really. Mm -hmm. And are totally there for her and learned from the experience too, like really learned and grew as well. So to me, when I think of just our little team, then I step back and I go, okay, in all of Alberta, all those teams, wow, look at Canada, all those teams. Wow. Okay, go back now, North America, oh my God, all those teams. Now let's just do the whole world. Wow. Africa, Australia, New Zealand, England. I've met people from all these places, Belgium, Norway. It doesn't matter. Autism is everywhere. And all those little teams, my crown chakra is buzzing because just like the love that is being created on the planet is great because Mm -hmm. you have to be in a place of love to be working with these kids and you have to be present and you have to be fun. So is that good or bad for our planet? It's great for our planet. Absolutely. It's totally undercover. You, nobody's really seeing it because they're all in their little playrooms doing it, but it's, it's affecting the consciousness. And that's why I believe they're here, and that's why I'm saying it's autism here on purpose. This is not an accident. Yes, I know it's challenging. Hang in there. Get the support you need. Grace, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. We all really appreciate it. Such difficult subject matter in different spots, but such real, real and poignant stuff. If you want to connect with Grace, if you want to read part of her blog, if you just want to know what's happening with her book, please check out childrenofautumn.com. Grace, thank you so much again for being here. And we're going to pick up again next week with Grace Cohen. We're going to have another interview via Skype. She's actually located in Jasper, which is quite far from where we are in Ontario. She's out in the woods. But we are going to connect again next week for another interview about spirituality. Grace has always had a spiritual bent to her since I knew her when we were kids. We were probably, I don't know, 19 years old. But she has expounded on that and she has a lot of different experiences spiritually and has really delved into that world in a way that is a great addition to my life in that I had no idea some of this stuff existed. 
Don't forget to follow Different From The Other Kids on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for all your support. We'll see you next week. Different From The Other Kids, Season 2, Production of Marketing Maven Agency. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on Different From The Other Kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate healthcare provider. Thanks for listening to Different From The Other Kids. Made possible with the support of My Mind Fitness, the holistic approach to a fit and healthy mind. You can find them online at www.mymindfitness.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.